Do you sometimes feel like you are facing too many obstacles at work and at home? Are there times when you question which of these issues you should engage with and which you should just let pass you by? In today's episode, we'll explore strategies you can use to decide which battles in your work and home life are worth fighting and which you should ignore. Hey teachers, have you struggled to balance your work life and your home life? Do you want to make a difference and still feel like you can be present and purposeful in your life outside of school? Welcome to the Inspired Together Teachers podcast. This is not your typical professional development. We focus on you, not strategies to teach content. We're Paula and Michelle, award-winning educators with the passion, knowledge, and experience to support you as you navigate the challenges of our profession. Are you ready? Let's get started. Today, we're talking about why it's important to pick your battles and giving you some strategies to do that. Teachers are often overwhelmed with all the things they need to do in a day. We've talked about this before. Teachers make approximately 1,500 decisions in a day. There's the potential for a lot of issues to arise, and you can't give every one of them your full attention. Students are asking questions, and your colleague pops into your room and asks if she can borrow a book, and then your principal asks your thoughts on an issue, and a parent needs a reply to an email inquiry. On and on and on it goes. In episode six, we discussed some ways to help you choose your priorities. In that episode, we discussed aligning your actions with your values, life vision, and goals. In today's episode, we're going to give you another way to make choices about which things you want to pursue and which things you can let go of. You may have heard the quote from Winston Churchill, you will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. Now, we're not advocating throwing stones, but Churchill definitely had the right idea there. As teachers, we're natural advocates. We see the problems and we want to make them better. Many times we know what needs to be done to solve the problems, but it becomes overwhelming when we are constantly working to fix things. So many times teachers are expected to kind of be that jack of all trades. We're expected to jump in when we're needed and where we're needed. And that puts us in a position to feel like we need to jump in all the time when really we don't. And you know that jumping in all the time is exhausting. We have opinions and they're usually backed by our solid experience and our knowledge. We want to make things better and we're quick to identify the areas and issues that need improvement. But we've done it so often that we are just tired. The problem comes when we feel the need to engage with these issues in what seems like an intellectual or emotional battle. Just like in an actual battle, engaging with the issues takes your time and your energy and it distracts you from doing other things and ultimately leaves you feeling exhausted. Also, just like in a battle, regardless of whether you win or lose, both participants have paid some price for engaging in the battle. Think about that argument you had with a friend or a spouse or a child. Regardless of whether you won or you lost, you both paid a price for engaging in that battle. There's definitely a price for battles, and you have to decide what mental energy you want to expand. Think about if you engaged with every battle that presented itself each day to you in your work and your home life, you would be exhausted. We've come up with three types of battles that we think you should be aware of. And you may be wondering, why do we care what type of battle it is and why does it matter? Well, recognizing the type of battle is key to deciding if you want to engage in that battle. 
Here are the three types of battles that we have identified that take up way too much of a teacher's time. First, major battles versus minor inconveniences. What we mean by this is thinking about, is this a major battle you want to fight or a minor inconvenience? That kid tapping their pencil and distracting others, that might be a minor inconvenience to you. However, a major battle may be as if that kid picks up a desk and throws it every time they're angry. That's much more of a major battle versus a minor inconvenience. Another type of battle you might want to think about is your battle versus someone else's battle. Think about this. Is it your battle or someone else's? They want you to help them fight. This is that teacher in the hall who has a list of complaints and they stop you and they say, I want you to go to the principal's office with me and we're going to complain to the principal. But it's not actually directly relevant to you. Is that your battle or someone else's? Another thing connected to that is that there are some people who are always looking for a battle and they want you to be the opponent. This is the uncle that we all know or some distant relative that we run into at a holiday and they say something that aggravates you and they're just looking to pick a fight. They're looking to spar with someone and oftentimes that feels really resentful and we don't want to engage and it just causes hard feelings. So we just try to get out of it. But we can recognize that that is not our battle. The third type of battle that often plays out in our lives is a systematic battle versus a local battle. Think about the systematic battles. This is the governor passing a bill. That's not something that's happening to you locally, but it's systematic versus a local battle, which is your school is setting a new policy, maybe about student tardiness. That's a local battle that you may need to fight. Knowing these types of battles can really help us. Let's talk about some approaches to help you determine which battles to address and which battles to ignore. And there are two approaches we're going to talk about today. They work really well together using your filter and using your circle of control. Let's start by talking about using your filter. I recently read a fantastic book, What Great Teachers Do Differently by Todd Whitaker. And this book is a culmination of what the very best teachers do versus what mediocre teachers do. As we do with all the books that we mentioned in this podcast, we'll put a link to the book in the show notes if you're interested in reading it after this podcast. In this particular book, Whitaker suggested that the very best teachers choose their filters carefully. And that means they choose what negatives they let filter in and which ones they can ignore and filter out. And we love this idea of choosing your filters carefully. Think about all of the things that you encounter every day. That student who opened and shut their creaky desk multiple times during your lesson. The teacher in the hallway who stops you and complained about a parent's lack of respect, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can't take them all on, nor should you. So it's really important to use that filter to decide which of these obstacles are most worth your time and energy. And if it's not most worth your time and energy, then you should filter out all of that. As an added bonus to using the filters, when we choose not to negatively engage with all of these battles around us and we filter out the things that we can ignore, we're actually modeling for our students how to do the same. When the students see us not getting drawn into another teacher's drama or another student's drama, modeling a really important self-regulation skill for their students. So not only are we helping ourselves, we're helping our students. Use your filter. 
filter out the negatives you don't need to address. It's really excellent advice. And the other thing we're going to talk about in addition to the filter is using your circle of control. This comes from a wonderful classic book. I think it was written in the 90s, but it still holds up today. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. In this book, Stephen Covey proposes that all issues fall into one of two rings, the circle of concern and the circle of influence. Now, if you can imagine two circles, there's a big circle and then a smaller circle within the big circle. The big circle on the outside is the circle of concern. That is everything that troubles or concerns us. And let's face it, there's a lot. We really don't have influence over most of these issues. They're areas where we worry and we're concerned and it just causes us distress. They're big issues, taxes, war, climate, weather. And sometimes they're also personal issues, like things we can't change, other people's actions, or negative things that have happened to us in the past that we worry about. Or sometimes we're worrying about things that might happen in the future, and they haven't even happened yet, and they might never happen, but they're causing us concern. Inside your circle of concern is the smaller circle, and that is your circle of influence. Our circle of influence is everything we can control or somehow we can impact or affect. If something is in your circle of concern and it's a big enough thing for you to really want to take it on, then you have to decide what you can do about it and then you can move it into your circle of influence. For example, if you're concerned about taxes, but you can't control the tax structure, you can learn about tax codes or hire someone to do your taxes, or you can decide if it's an important issue that you'll vote for a candidate that will create the tax reforms that you would believe in. Likewise, if you're concerned about a war and you want to choose to be involved, you can get involved in a service project and help those in a war zone or support those who are doing that kind of work. If you're losing sleep over humans' effect on the environment, you can choose to minimize your own carbon footprint and help the climate by using less plastic or not engaging in fast fashion. On the other hand, if it's in your circle of concern, but you decide it's not important enough or something you cannot influence, for example, a teacher strike in another part of the country, it's of concern, but it's not anything you can control. Or maybe you've experienced a failed relationship in the past, and at some point you decide to just stop dwelling on it and it's time to just let it go. If something is still in your circle of concern, but it's not inside your circle of influence and you're concerned about it, but can't really do anything about it, you have to learn to let it go. Also, you need to focus your energy on the things that do fall into your circle of influence. You're likely wasting emotional energy and time on things that are in the circle of concern. People who put more energy into their circle of influence are proactive. They take steps to change things and see their influence grow. They are often regarded as positive influences by their peers. On the other hand, people who spend all their time in the circle of concern and they're very reactive, very negative, complaining about things, they're not being proactive. They're often seen as people who don't do anything about it except for complain. They see their influence shrink and they're often seen as a negative influence. 
when you waste your time and energy on those things that are outside of your control, you really just can't focus on the positive aspects of your life, or you can't put your energy towards the things that you love to do. This is a great transition to the action steps that you can take using Whitaker's filter and Covey's circle of control. The first action step you can take is to focus your energy on the things that are in your control. If you're really struggling with this, we suggest that you draw those two circles, the circle of concern and the circle of influence, and then add the potential battles into the appropriate circles. Focus your energy on those that are in your circle of influence. If it made it there, it made it there for a reason, and then focus your energy there. The next time you feel yourself getting pulled into a battle, ask yourself, is this in my circle of influence or should I filter it out? And if it's not in your circle of influence, you should filter it out. And you can do this by focusing your energy on something that matters most to you. That's a lot of what we talked about in episode six on prioritizing. So you might want to go back and revisit that or listen to it if you haven't listened to episode six. The final action step that brings us all together is to remind yourself to focus on your battles not someone else's battles if they're not your cause. It's really okay to politely decline an invitation to engage in a battle or engage with a battle that's not yours. This is your permission to say, I'm sorry that that's happening to you, but I'm not able to work with you on this project at this time. I know that you're more than capable of making this change and I'm excited to see how it turns out. Feel free to use that phrase over and over again for things that are not within your circle of influence. And that's a great place for a recap of this episode. There are so many things each day that are battling for our time and attention and we only have the capacity to fight so many battles at a time. Choose your battles wisely. In true teacher fashion, we end our podcast with homework. Our homework for you today is to make a list of things that you're concerned about and then make a list of things that you can influence. Use your filter to make that list. See what you notice about the battles that are taking your time and energy and then ask yourself, are they within your circle of influence? We won't be grading your homework, but we'd love to hear how it's going. So DM us or send us an email. And in closing today, we just want to thank all of you who have followed and subscribed to our show. And those of you who have shared it with your friends, we are so grateful for you. And if you haven't followed or subscribed, we hope that you will do that so that you never miss an episode. And if you have a friend who would enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. Thank you for joining us for this episode and for joining this community of teachers that we are so proud to be a part of. That's all for today. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers. Or head to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com, for more podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your best. Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.